Welcome to the Metaphysical Martini Show, where wit and wisdom come together to bridge the gap between the spirit realm and the physical world. With Ani Avedisian, the Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Annie, Mad Shaman Avedisian. Welcome to Metaphysical Martini. Three parts spirit, one part rational mind. Add two drops of optimism. Give it all a good hard shake and pour. Dress it with the olives of grace and empathy. Sit back, sip slowly, and contemplate the wonder of cosmic co-creation. And a hearty hello to everyone out there. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for joining me for yet another round of cocktails on this week's Metaphysical Martini, the show that tries to sort out what's true, what's woo, and what gets flushed down the loo. In today's, why are people still falling for this? Surely they are taking the piss. Why are they so easily deluded? Because surely no one can be this stupid. Zero humility, zero nobility, eagerly lining up for a product for which the manufacturer accepts zero liability. Why are we still having this conversation? Ridiculous little world. As always, we try to do this with as much grace and empathy as can be mustered on any given day. As always, we are rarely successful. I'll admit to that, but we are honor bound to give it our best shot. And on this show, the Metaphysical Martini Show, we do love shots. Yes, we do. In fact, I'm not going to have a shot right now, but I'm going to have a sip of this delectable little cocktail. Hold on. Don't go away. Mm. Oh, my gosh. It has been a long time since I've had one of these. That is absolutely superlativo. Hello. If you are joining us for the first time, I extend a very warm welcome to you. Be advised, however, that this show, <laughs> this show is not PC. We don't do politically correct on this show because we do not wish to erode our intellect. We don't sugarcoat stuff. Because look around you, my darlings, clearly sugarcoating anything in this world today is a waste of very good sugar. And nothing is taboo on this show. We'll discuss anything pertinent to the advancement of mankind. And we do so with guts, with grit, with determination, with gusto, and with a good deal of spiritual ammo and the other type of ammo, too. Well, my darlings, welcome to Mabon, or as we say here in America, Mabon. The warm summer days are gone, and for that I weep. But it's okay, because we look forward to cooler, crisper weather, to crackling fires and toasted marshmallows. It's time to put away our shorts and our satins. It's time for warm socks and pumpkins. Well, what is Mabon all about? I asked the folks at Mabon House because it seemed a sensible option, and I was not disappointed. Most 
earth magicians. I don't know why I don't care for the word pagan, but I don't. But, you know, it's known generally as the pagan Thanksgiving because Mabon marks the autumn equinox when day and night are equal, making it a time of balance, equality and harmony. And in ancient times, Mabon was the celebration of the second harvest, uh, with Lunasa being the first one. And in Mabon, farmers gathered all of their meaty foods, their hearty foods, uh, like gourds, uh, pumpkins, all types of squash, grapes, and, and our favorite fruit of all, apples. And in modern day, we still hold Mabon celebrations, and we think of them even though we don't go out into the fields and do the harvest sort of thing, but we think of them as a time to give thanks for the abundance of Mother Earth, both literally and spiritually. It's also a good time to reflect on the wheel of the year, and that would be the ancient calendar that marks the transition of the sun through the four seasons. And as we reflect, we take time to recognize our successes and we let go of the things that didn't serve us very well. Hmm. Now, if you're a modern pagan, a Wiccan, or some, you know, earth magic group, um, you know, Mabon had fallen out of uh, Mabon, Mabon, again with my vowels. Am I American? Am I British? Am I both? I don't know anymore. Let's stick with Mabon. So all of the modern pagan folk started celebrating Mabon as the last of the eight Sabbaths. And we did that starting the 1970s because Wicca and modern earth magic is a reinvention of the wisdom that we believe was lost through the persecution of wise men and women dubbed witches by the church. And where did we get the name Mabon? Well, it's named after the Welsh hero, Mabon ap Modron, which means son of the mother, and that would be Mother Earth. You see, um, who was this chappy? He was, he was, I think, something along the lines of an Apollo figure. He's uh, handsome, and he's also depicted with a lyre. And as a baby, it was said that he had been held hostage in the underworld. Very traumatic, by the way, for babies to be held hostage in the underworld. And that reminds us of the story of Persephone and Demeter, doesn't it? Remember Demeter? Yes, she was so upset by the loss of her daughter that she turned the earth from lush abundance to barren cold. A little bit selfish, if you ask me, but, you know, who's going to argue with deities? Anyway, as the Wheel of the Year comes to an end, Mabon is a good time to set intentions. Intentions that will dissolve and eliminate our destructive beliefs and all of our unhealthy habits. You know, if your relationships aren't going well and you don't think it's ever going to get better, now's a good time to dump him or her. If you're eating too much, drinking too much, uh, this is the time to take a look at that before we get into the deep midwinter. Mabon is wonderful. It's the cornucopia time. Pinecones, seeds, plentiful harvest, oranges, reds, yellows, brown. Look at the trees turning all around us, copper, dark yellow, dark green. And this is a wonderful time for vegetarians because you get corn, beans, squash, apples, pumpkins, root vegetables, 
all the things that I would consider to be meaty. And of course, apples, as we all know, apples are my favorite fruit. What can you make from apples besides apple pie? Yes, cider, both hard and soft. Also pomegranate, wine, all of these things are associated with Mabon. And the stones that we use for the rituals would be amber, citrine, cat's eye, aventurine, sapphire, and jasper. This is the time where your sunflowers come out for their last hurrah, and the beautiful thistles with their gorgeous flowers and marigolds. And as for the animals of Mabon, well, of course, it's the wise old owl and the noble stag, the chirpy little blackbird, and the salmon. Yes, well, just very good for us up here in the Pacific Northwest. We have tons of salmon. And you can celebrate Mabon in many different ways. If you belong to a Wiccan coven or some earth magic club, you will have your own way of doing it. But for most people, you just bring autumn into your home. Little pumpkins, little flowers, uh, little cornucopias, all the things that say harvest decoration. How wonderful is that? And of course, we get the little white and orange candles together. Yeah. So if you're going to have a Mabon celebration, it doesn't have to be a big deal. Just do a potluck. Because after all, every season, as one season closes and the new season begins, it's always a great time to release the baggage of the past season and set some new personal goals. Now, if I was back home in England, or if I had a garden here, I would, I'd have a bonfire party. That's what I would do. And all of the house would be decorated with traditional autumn greenery. And we'd go apple picking and cider making and have picnics. And of course, this autumn equinox is a wonderful time to do a house clearing. Clear your house of horrible energies, stagnant energies. Throw everything out, open the windows, get the fresh air in. And above all, have a potluck dinner with all of your friends. Yes, here's an autumn equinox blessing for you all. The light and the dark are the same in length. They have equal time and equal strength. But soon the darkness will prevail and the light and warmth will begin to pale. But do not be afraid, do not dismay, for this is the rhythm of nature's way. Rejoice in the abundance that this year bears. Breathe deep in the coolness and change in the air. Have gratitude and blessing. Keep tall. And may this shift of nature enlighten your soul. Well, my darlings, I suspect this fall season will be filled with surprises. And some will be poopy. And some will be pleasant. Stay strong. And remember that tomorrow can be a brighter day only if we rise up and deal honorably with the challenges before us today. And make no mistake, there will be challenges. As far as madness is concerned, we've only just begun to have fun. The whole world has gone stark raving mad. You think it's sad, but it's going to get bad. People hang in. It's going to be one heck of a ride. All right, let's have another sip of this excellent cocktail, which incidentally is Mabon themed. And it's got plenty of alcohol in it, which is even better. 
All right, why did we start this show in the first place? We did it for quack questions, answers, and comments. To learn what tasty tidbits and what delectable dysfunctions learn, lurk in the inner corridors of your minds. Mm. So give those minds a shake, please. If you'd like to share the nuances of your noggins on this intergalactically acclaimed show, send your emails to me, arnie at arnieabadician.com or by snail mail to Cosmic Arnie, P.O. Box 714, Wilsonville, Oregon, 97070, USA. And people, please let me know if and how you wish to be identified, or I shall refer to you as omit personal details. And looking at our questions this week and last week, it seems people are finally waking up to the real agenda behind this propagandemic because I have received multiple questions on the transhuman agenda. So many questions, in fact, that I had to do a cosmic conversation presentation on it, um, and I've decided to make those questions the entire theme for today's quack. So let's take a look at some of these questions. Some of them are a little bit generalized, so I'll try to keep, keep everything as succinct as possible. Arnie, that's me. Transhumanism, what is it? All right, well, that's already a four-hour presentation right there, Rodney from um, Delaware. All right, well, I suppose transhumanism, it depends on who you ask, Rodney, doesn't it? I mean, officially, it says the belief or theory that the human race can evolve beyond its current physical and mental limitations, especially by means of science and technology. Mm. Why would we want to use science and technology to, to help with the evolution of the biological human race? I mean, what is the goal? So a transhumanist would say, well, uh, there are biotransformative technologies out there that can enhance the human organism. And I would say, well, why? And they say, well, the aim, of course, silly person, would be to modify the human organism, the human orgasm. Ha <laughs> ha, let's modify that. To modify the human organism to overcome fundamental human limitations. Well, you know, shave my back and call me an elf, but... I thought that that was something we were supposed to do without inserting technology into our organic bodies. If we take a look at it from a more social and philosophical point of view, um, why are we promoting the research and development of human enhancement technologies? Now, transhumanists, they fall into various different camps. They don't all agree on, well, I think they all agree on what transhumanism is, but they don't all agree on mm, how, how we should proceed with it. Because this is the bit that troubles me. There are technologies out there. You know, when they say, um, we are devoted to promoting the research and development of robust human enhancement technologies. Because, Arnie, don't worry, these technologies, they will augment, perhaps increase um, human sensory reception. 
your emotive ability, your cognitive capacity, and they would improve human health and extend human lifespans. Hmm. Um, is that language threatening? Then he goes on to say, such modifications resulting from the addition of biological or physical technologies would be more or less permanent and integrated into the human body. That does not sound comforting, doesn't it? I mean, it doesn't. Hmm. Okay. So I did a little bit of research uh, with my faithful friend, the Encyclopedia Britannica. When was the term transhumanism coined? Um, as far as anyone knows, it was by eminent English biologist and philosopher Julian Huxley. Um, those of you who uh, studied any type of anthropology back in school or uni would have read his 1957 essay, um, which is, by the way, called Transhumanism. But I think Huxley wanted to improve the human condition through social and cultural change which requires our inner divine GPS, our God positioning satellite, our moral compass. It doesn't mean we have to rely on a branch of government to invent technology to make us better human beings. You know, he thought that although humanity had evolved naturally, it was possible for social institutions to supplant evolution in refining and improving the species. Um, I don't really think that he meant technology was to take such a big part. And that's the part that uh, that worries me, because although many transhumanists have taken Huxley's work as seminal, they are really pushing the technological rather than society rather than cultural evolution. So in the beginning, I think, uh, 50s, 60s, this movement, it was just a loose association of random groups uh, dedicated to the philosophy of the transcendence of human limits, if you will. Um, then it began to be a little bit more focused now we have people who really believe, who are really committed to a post-human scenario. You know, one in which technological and genetic improvements will create a distinct species of radically enhanced humans. And beyond that, there will be greater than human machine intelligence. You know, all of these scenarios are tremendously concerning to me. You know, there, there's still a strain, a prominent, uh, a prominent strain of transhumanists who think that, um, well, social and cultural institutions, including national and international government organizations, um, will be irrelevant to the trajectory of technological development. They believe that the nature of technological progress, market forces and so forth, will drive humanity to the same point, um, the same end point, regardless of social and cultural influence. In other words, um, the sheer force of and availability of this amazing technology will make all organizations influencing the social body redundant. 
I think this is what they mean by the singularity. The singularity is, it's a metaphor drawn from astrophysics, and it's the point of hyperdense material at the, cent at the center of a black hole. It generates so much intense gravitational pull, uh, nothing can resist it. The, the singularity at that point is irresistible. So if we would translate that to what they mean, the singularity they understand is the point at which artificial intelligence surpasses that of the human, which I believe will dictate the convergence of human and machine consciousness. And that convergence that everyone's going, oh, how exciting it will herald the increase in human consciousness, in our physical strength, in our emotional well-being, our health. It will greatly extend the length of our human lifetimes. How wonderful will we all be? Um, I just don't really see that there's anything marvelous about that. Because they're thinking that the time is coming in the near future where this technology is developing so rapidly that there's no more progress curve. It's just vertical and perhaps overnight. One morning, just like Australians woke up and found out that New World Order was taking over their country, one morning we would wake up and we'd be transformed beyond all recognition. That would be that singularity. And we won't get there unless, of course, we have the creation of a very very rapidly self-enhancing, greater-than-human intelligence at our disposal, actively working. But here's my, my thing, because I have a thing. Um, is it still human consciousness then? I mean, will it be human consciousness if it, AI takes it over? I mean, if the AI overtakes the ability of the biological human to resist it, how is it human consciousness at that point? So you've got one group saying it doesn't matter. Religions, let people have their religions, their philosophies, all their cults and their stuff that they cling to. Don't bother persecuting them because artificial intelligence will become the new God and no one will be able to resist it. And those who do will find themselves living apart from the main social body as outsiders and will constitute an irrelevant declining minority, which will become extinct, say, within two generations. Hmm. Then we've got this other group that says religion, philosophy, free thinkers. Oh, my God, free thinkers. They most certainly do have the ability to influence humans against AI. And they do have the ability to alter the trajectory of technological development and therefore must be crushed. Yes, guess which group has the upper hand now? I will not insult your intelligence by spelling that out for you. But a very brief summing up for me is, is it an extension of humanism or is it a corruption of humanism? As with all artificial intelligence, as with all technological advancement, who runs it? And for what purpose is how we get the answer. Humanists believe that humans matter. Individualism matters. Sure, we're not perfect. We're susceptible to outside influence. But we are capable of 
improving our critical thinking, our rational thinking. We do deep down strive for freedom, tolerance, democracy. We are concerned for our fellow human beings on some level. I would say we're living for the evolution of our individualized souls for the purpose of the betterment of mankind's collective. Transhumanists encourage us not to be limited by traditional humanist methods, such as, ooh, you know, education, such as it is, and cultural development. Um, perhaps they don't see the value of learning through experience how best to live our lives within this planetary environment. I wonder if their use of technological means actually means they eventually want us to move beyond what we would think of as a human. And I'm pretty sure that's where they're going with it. And now, of course, that takes us into the eternal rabbit hole debate of what exactly is a human? I mean, today, September 2021, where would you say mankind on planet Earth stands in its collective development? Are we in the early stages, the middling stages, the advanced stages? Are we in decline or are we on an incline? Hmm, I might need a sip of my drink to think about that. Mm. Oh my gosh, I'm inspired. What defines us as humans? Is it our biology? Is it our bodies? Or is it our life experience, how we choose to live our lives, our inspiration, aspiration, our ideals? Are we human because we have values? Because if we really say we respect the individual, then, of course, autonomy has to be the very top of our list. Free will, freedom of choice, freedom of expression, everything the current puppet New World Order Luciferian administration is trying to crush and take away from us. But they won't succeed, you see, because they're bastards and we're not. So when we talk to academic transhumanists, um, they say, we value autonomy, Arnie. The goal of transhumanism is to enhance the individual and expand consciousness to superhuman levels. But again, I keep going back to if artificial intelligence has to overtake the biological human consciousness to create a transhuman who is controlling the AI. And clearly, unless you have your head very firmly up your ass, you have realized that our world is currently run by malevolent beings. These malevolent beings coercing humans to inject themselves with bioweapons under the guise of a vaccine. Now, free thinkers, we know that there's a depopulation agenda behind this. And we also know that the survivors of the fake vaccine, because millions will die, and millions more will become sterile and unable to reproduce. We freethinkers know we are in the first stages of experimentation in creating a technologically enhanced human. But in no shape or form will these beings be superconscious freethinkers. We are 
what I call lab rat fodder, the ones that have taken the shot, they will be controlled automatons, altered in time through many experiments that they are calling boosters, to be biologically functional on some level, but unable to make decisions for themselves. They will carry out the instructions transmitted to their biotechno unit without question. And I can talk a lot more about that another time. But of course, under these conditions, transhumanism is not a good idea for mankind, is it? Now, when we talk about enhancement through technology, what do we mean? If I smash up my leg and the surgeon has to use a metal plate to replace part of the lost bone, is that transhumanism? So let's have a think about that. I'm going to say no, because the metal plate is performing the same function as my own bone would. So, no, it's a repair job with metal instead of bone. If I need a new tooth and the dentist has to screw one of those prosthetic teeth into my mouth, is that transhumanism? I'm going to say no, because the fake tooth performs the same function as my original tooth. All right. If my heart loses its rhythm and the surgeon has to insert a pacemaker, is that transhumanism? Because I don't naturally have a pacemaker. I wasn't born with one. So some would say, ooh, yes, that's the beginnings of TH. But others would say no, because it hasn't altered the original function of the heart. It has made it possible for the heart to fulfill its original purpose. No more, no less. OK, if one of my organs fail and I have a matching donor, uh, which I would never do, by the way, um, but, you know, that's just my personal preference. But is that TH? Well, some people would say, Arnie, that's a bridge too far. Somebody else's liver in you, somebody else's heart in you, somebody else's kidney in you. That's trans. No, 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 Arnie, that's transhumanism. I say no. Because the organ is performing the same function as the one that failed. No more, no less. And if my heart fails, and it is possible to replace it with an artificial heart, is that TH? Okay. Is the artificial heart doing something the original heart was not designed to do? If the answer is no, the plastic heart is doing exactly what the meaty heart would have done, then I say no, it's just a replacement heart. But if that heart is designed to do more than the original heart, then it's a stage of transhumanism. So it's not the biology, is it? I mean, we're all capable of taking better care of ourselves. We don't, but we are capable. We don't need technological advancement to be physically fit and healthy. What we need are better choices and disciplined minds. And we don't need AI for that. 
And I've forgotten what the original question was, but I think he asked for an overview of transhumanism. It's not such an easy question, you see, because I have to bring in perception. Transhumanism comes in when how we perceive is altered by artificial intelligence. Perception is unique and individualized. It should be. But we know how easily influenced mankind can be when media is taken over by malevolent forces. And I, you know, I go on ad nauseum about perceptual engineering. And as lazy of the mind as we have become due to centralization of everything from information to material goods, as individuals, we humans are born with a capacity for discernment. No matter how many times the television tells us we cannot live without a certain product, if to our own selves we are true, we know the advertisement is nothing more than a sales pitch. But on the other hand, billions of dollars have been spent over the past five decades or so to see how easily people can be influenced. And television advertisement is the primary experimentation arena. I call it the mouth of Sauron, transmitting the one and only truth, the big spoon from which all shall be fed. And it has worked in favor of the malevolent forces, the dark establishment, because they pulled off an amazing flu d'etat, didn't they? The one prick to trick them all. Interesting point. No artificial intelligence needed to be implanted into our minds to coerce us into purchasing whatever was on offer. We were mesmerized by the shiny lies and we took ourselves willingly to the slaughter. My point being, if we're so easily seduced into paying for our own destruction, how ripe are we for the picking? If we no longer have a capacity for objectivity because we're also centralized, we can't tell evil from good, how on earth will we resist an artificial intelligence takeover? I have another question here from um, two ends. So that's Dana. Do we honestly face the prospect of a real artificial intelligence takeover? Yes, <laughs> we do. There is real danger. There's danger because we're not in our right minds. Even without artificial intelligence, we can be convinced to take a jab that's going to kill us. Yes, there's danger. And every day there's experimentation on new types of cognitive tools that are with one purpose, to, to combine artificial intelligence with other interface technology. If you start to study, study um, molecular nanotechnology, which is not my area of expertise. Believe me, it was very difficult to plow through those books. But my gosh, I want to learn more about it because it's fascinating. It has the potential to manufacture unlimited resource for everyone. Give us control over the biochemical processes in our bodies. We could eliminate disease and slow down aging. And if you combine that with neuropharmacology, it could increase emotional well-being, intelligence, improve our capacity for commitment, 
multiply the range and richness of possible emotions. Ooh, as I read this, I tremble, people, I tremble. Because these are red flags. It sounds like an avatar on a computer game. You can play this at any level. Your emotional well-being, take a pill and take some AI. Yes, you'll commit to projects. You will, ooh, the richness of possible emotions. We could improve that. I think we're supposed to do these things on our own. I don't think pills and a combination of AI is supposed to do that for us. So there's a very dark side of that spectrum. If not used properly, if not used for the greater good of mankind, these technologies could cause tremendous harm. They could even blow the planet up. Anybody remember Atlantis? That was not a good time. No, it wasn't. So I really do hope that our scientists, um, who generally, we don't want them to stop experimenting. That's what scientists do. We want them to experiment. And they're going to work for whoever funds them, unfortunately. So can we trust them to really seek out and understand the dangers of this technology? Again, who's the power behind the AI, malevolent or benevolent? I believe that all these things that they're talking about, oh, have this pill and put a chip in your head, you'll never be unhappy again. That is not evolution. That's becoming an automaton. We can do all these things without AI being integrated into our bodies, because once that's done, once we allow that, we are connected through a world wide web and the hive mind takes over and we are at the mercy of the hive boss. Why would we want artificial intelligence to control our emotions? Learning to process emotions is one of the reasons we incarnate onto physical realms. There is no reason we should crash and collapse under the weight of unprocessed emotions. It's a simple matter of understanding what emotions are, what purpose they serve, how to gather the intelligence from them, and how to remove the triggers that they cause in our energy bodies. We do not need artificial intelligence for that. We need advice from spiritual counselors, um, shamans with good working knowledge of the human energy anatomy. And we don't need neuropharmacology. <clears throat> By that, I mean, you know, the branch of pharma that deals with the action of drugs on the nervous system. We don't need neuropharmacology to learn how to govern our brains and minds. Those are bypasses. I'm sure there's a small handful of people in the world who are absolutely stark raving bonkers who need that. But unless you are insane, our job is to learn to process our emotions. We can do that by understanding how amino acids work if we're having trouble. And we engage in meditation, prayerful contemplation. And by learning the value of time spent daily in silence, in nature, Yet how many tens of millions of people of all ages, including pediatrics, they're on antidepressants, on tranquilizers and on this neuropharma crap. There's a lot of um, argument against it and for it because part of neuropharmacology is research into Parkinson's, Alzheimer's and, uh, you know, neurological diseases. Well, you know, go ahead and do your research on those things. But while you're at it, What's the cause of these things? Figure that out and suggest a radical change of diet and some CBD, you know, a cannabis oil that works for everyone. We, we've 
gosh, it's only barely been 100 years that we've gone from natural medicine to all allopathic reactive medicine. And as for living forever in a mortal body, no matter how fit and awesome your body is, living forever, what useful purpose does that serve? I mean, a 100 years, fantastic. But the minute you can't wipe your own ass, I'm done. That happens to me. I'm done. I'm out. I'm all for being the best version of ourselves, but we don't need to be reprogrammed by artificial intelligence to achieve that. We don't need artificial intelligence to self-actualize the realization or fulfillment of our talents and potentials. We, we should have that drive come from our cosmic core. It is not self-realization if it comes from artificial intelligence. It is not evolution if it comes from artificial intelligence. It is not the evolution of human consciousness. All these things we need to figure out, life, the universe, everything else. We need to figure all that out ourselves. We don't need AI telling us what to feel, how to feel. Believe me when I tell you, hand on my heart, I know that that is the end game. If you haven't read Brave New World or seen one of the, uh, you know, television adaptations of it, you really should. Because it's a perfect example of the end game where everybody's on drugs all the time. The minute anyone feels an uncomfortable emotion, they take a different color pill. And there's a different color pill for every type of discomfort. Here, take this orange pill. Isn't that better? Emotions make us think. We need them. And free thinkers with individualized perception, that makes the dark establishment very uncomfortable, doesn't it? Look, as humans, we all want to be the very best we can be. We want to be geniuses if possible. I'm sure we'd all love to be resistant to disease, impervious to aging, have unlimited stamina, and... Um, have good control over our moods, our states, our mental states. I'm sure we'd like to avoid being poopy, hateful, irritated about petty things. I'm sure we'd all like to have this increased capacity for artistic appreciation, serenity, and to experience new unexplored states of consciousness that the current human brain cannot access. But these things, they cannot be given to us. That is not organic evolution. It is programming. And I cannot see how it expands consciousness. Because then we're moving to a state of post-humanism where we would allow ourselves to turn into some sort of post-human species, which in turn would be moving towards a synthetic, a completely synthetic version of ourselves. Look, I know because I was a cog in the wheel of the darkness for decades I wasn't anyone important, but I was a cog on multiple projects. I know that this post-human species is a form of slavery, and that's the end game they want for you. You think in this program matrix as a post-human that they want you in, you think you are deliriously happy and a valuable part of the social body, when in fact you don't actually exist because you're programmed synthetic body. And why would a soul wish to inhabit something it could not affect? 
There's no growth. There's no expansion. It's just imprisonment. So in my opinion, AI programming to any human biology shouldn't even be a consideration until the biological human or mankind has evolved as far as it can under its own steam, at which time one assumes we will be so aligned with all things divine and cosmic that any artificial intelligence we create will be pleasing in the sight of God or be completely unnecessary. Mm. Let's take another question on this before we move on to uh, whatever else we're going to do today, which I have no idea. It's somewhere here in my notes. Oni, if someone has an accident and severs a hand and the technology exists to create a replica of a human hand and attach it to the human's arm, is that transhumanism? Okay, I think we just covered that, but um, I'll go over it again. What would make it transhuman? would be that if the hand, the new replicant hand, is more powerful than the original hand and the digits, in addition to performing normal hand functions, were fitted with other things like survival tools or a Swiss army knife or a coffee maker or something that the original hand is not designed to do. That makes it TH. If it just fulfills the same function as the other hand without the Swiss army knife and coffee maker, then it's not TH. And let's not even get into what happens if someone has a severe brain injury and the surgeon reroutes a few things to connect the dots. That's okay. But what if now we've connected the dots and there's a chip in the brain and it connects to a super hive mind computer? Oh my God, who's connect, you know, who is controlling it? All of these things are points to ponder. And I have to ask what level of supra intelligence are we humans capable of achieving without artificial intelligence enhancement what level of physical function and stability are we capable of without ai i think much greater than we will ever achieve living in planned densely populated urban zones with centralized facilities and services Anybody who's really interested in the AI and the transhumanism, go out and find books that say things like biotechnology, genetic engineering, stem cells, clothing, uh, cloning 101, nanotechnology, um, genetic therapies. All of these subjects are fascinating. You also want to take a look at the Human Genome Project. Um, I think we're going to have to do another show on this and continue with these questions, because there is no way I can answer all of the questions on transhumanism in this one show. But I think if we figured one thing out today, my darlings, it's that I'm against it. <laughs> Let me have a little drinky poo. Mm. This drink is exceptional. And I don't think an artificial intelligence robot could have made it any better than I made it. And I'm going to be discussing it in a bit. But first, I have to do tarot a go go a little what the heck with your favorite tarot deck. Because if I don't do tarot a go go, I get lots of emails from people who are very, very unhappy with me. And I don't like that, although I have to say 
the world is full of people who are very unhappy with me. You should see some of the hate mail that I get. Really, people, you have nothing better to do with your lives than sit down and write hate mail to spiritual counselors who love you so much. All they want to do is ruin their reputations to make your life better. Oh, well, you're bad, not mine. What is today's card? I think we did the Six of Swords last time, which means today we do the Six of Pentacles. Right, let's pick up this bad boy and see what we can make of it. I'm using the Robin Wood deck, by the way, because it's pretty and I love pretty. Oh, this is a gorgeous little card. Oh, it's just lovely. Oh, ah, Pentacles a coin, abundance. Not just coin, all abundance. But on the physical realm, we do love the big shiny gold coins, don't we? Hmm. Immediately I look at this card, I see this lovely young man, very well dressed. A wealthy merchant or perhaps minor nobility. And he's handing out coins to people. He has in his left hand one of those old fashioned balance scales. And in his right hand, he's giving out coin. So keyword for this. Generosity. So why the scale? Because you would think that if you're going to give money away, you do so without judgment, right? But maybe this guy's just weighing up who's going to, I don't know, some, some, on some level, he is a little bit judgmental. But he would say, no, I'm not, Ani. I'm just making good decisions as to where my hard-earned money is going to go. So I suppose another key phrase for this was, you get what you deserve. It's not just random generosity. I mean, certainly there's an act of charity there. He's helping people who clearly need help. So I'm going to take this in a greater context. It's to do with all things financial, all things abundance. If you get this card in the upright position, I'd say either you have done so well that you're giving money away or you're able to pay your debts off or you're getting the money. This is definitely a card of abundance repayment. It's not just throwing money away. OK, now it's coming into focus a little better why he has the balance in his hand, the scales in his hand. It's sort of like a return on investments. A reward for sound money management. So this could have something to do with all things fiscal. Loans, grants, getting a bonus, winning the lottery. Hooray! Um, Somebody deciding that they've had such a great year, your boss or someone close to you, that they're going to share the wealth. Gifts of appreciation. Some sort of financial assistance, a little extra money, perhaps. Remember when you're reading cards, there's 10 levels, you know, levels one to 10. It could be. No, think of it this way. If you're completely broke and you have no idea how you're going to pay the rent at the end of the month. And your rent is a thousand bucks and someone gives you a thousand bucks. It may not be a fortune, but it's a fortune to you and you get a roof over your head for another month. 
So when you look at a card like this and you go, but Annie, it was a card of generosity. I got this card of generosity and all I got was a thousand bucks. But how much did you need to pay your way that month? I needed a thousand bucks. Well, you know, just because you get a card of generosity, it doesn't mean you're going to win the lottery. If you're broke, a thousand bucks is a lot of money. So be appreciative. <laughs> Perhaps you'll receive money that's been owed to you if you get this card. On some level, your work is paying off for you. And in terms of partnerships, financial partnerships, I'd get the impression with this, it's fair dealings, fair dealings. Um, yeah, you're, you're working with good people, people who are willing to share their prosperity, a good business opportunity. Perhaps you get this card and you go, well, I've been in the same job for 10 years. Nothing amazing has happened. And you go to work and they want to promote you or you get a bonus. Chances are this card comes up a lot when you're going to either get um, a loan repaid or a loan paid off or some sort of really good business opportunity. I like the feel of this card. It feels like you're going to get what is rightfully yours. And if you get this card the day of or the day after or before a friend asks you for a loan, I, there's a very strong chance you will be paid back. It's, it's just, it's a nice card. Yeah, I trust this card. Lovely benefactors, philanthropists, wise investments, you know, people who, people who are sensible and save their money. Um, Okay, let's turn it upside down and let's see if the mood changes at all. And always remember when you're reading cards and you get something in the reversed or challenged position, you have the option of choosing whether it feels right to read it in the reverse position or not. All right. Um, well, yeah, that lovely benefactor's mood has gone away, hasn't it? Yes. Hmm. I'm seeing unpaid bills now. And I'm seeing money problems. Uh, I'm also seeing a fair amount of selfishness here. And uh, possibly theft. People are not paying you back money they owe you bit of dodgy business dealings, as we say, back in the old country. Um, wow. Uh, hmm. No charity here. Could even be a bit of biting the hand that fed you sort of thing. Uh, I also get a sense that this could mean illegal transactions, laundered money. Hmm. Anyway. The overall feeling of this card, <sighs> loss of money, I suppose, loss of money, bills not being paid, debts not being paid, loans coming due, people panicking, um, resources drying up, underhanded dealings. Mm. Yeah. I don't like it this way up. I'm going to turn it the other way up. I suppose this is a very good warning for all of us. 
check all your credit card statements and your bank statements diligently. Um, and especially, you know, we're headed towards a, a great reset. What that means for most people, we still don't know to this day, because again, it depends who's going to be running the show. People say crypto, crypto, everybody go out, get out, get cryptocurrency. But if the cabal control that and they pull the plug on it, there is, you have no recourse. So we don't know if that's a good alternative. So I would say, don't invest more in crypto than you can afford to lose. If you've got money in the bank and stocks and shares and everything's devalued, it'll be devalued all across the board. So I wouldn't worry so much about that. But uh, best advice I can give everyone right now, don't incur more debt. That would not be good. All right, my darlings. Um, gosh, I'm almost at the end of the show, but not quite. Let me have a little drinky poo. Look, my darlings. It's crazy out there, and I really do mean it when we say it's going to get crazier and crazier and crazier. People are waking up. The ones that have been duped the hardest are going to have the hardest awakenings. There's going to be a lot of rage going around, a lot of blame going around. But I promise you one thing. All of these Luciferian minions, they are between a rock and a hard place. They're pushing this narrative and talking ridiculous rubbish. They know they're talking rubbish, but they're so terrified of their Luciferian overlords. They don't know what else to do. They are going to shatter the illusion for us. Our job is to continue to resist, to continue to engage in mass non-compliance, to tell these evil bastards that they're full of shit and we're not going to take it anymore. Because at the end of the day, what's in store for them, as much as we hate them, what's in store for them is so horrible because they're not going to pull this off. They're not going to own this planet. Their punishment at the hands of their overlord is so heinous, so despicable, so painful I wouldn't wish that on anyone. So I would say to anybody who's out there on the fence, come clean, become a whistleblower, take life imprisonment, and then go to heaven without a blemish on your soul. It's much better for you to do that than to just keep pushing this ridiculous narrative and then go to a place you do not want to go. And my darlings, that is it for today. I have finished my most excellent drink. And that always means the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed listening in as much as I enjoyed recording it. Today's real life cocktail was a Mabon Get Your Groove On Sour Apple Teeny. And it's bloody marvelous. And here's how you make it. One and a half ounces of vodka. One ounce of sour apple schnapps. Half an ounce of Calvados. Some ice and some green apple slices. Preferably caramel toffee apple slices for serving. Get, get a martini glass, put it in the freezer to chill for a minute to maybe 30 minutes. Yeah, 30 minutes. Then combine your vodka, your schnapps, your Calvados and a cocktail shaker. Fill it with ice. Shake hard until chilled. Pour the cocktail into the chilled glass. Garnish it with apple slice and drinky poo. And it's fantastic. Now, remember, folks, cocktails are great. 
if they are an occasional treat. If you use top quality ingredients and take the art of mixology seriously, one big drink is all you need. I'm Arnie Avedisian. This was a metaphysical martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, let the spirit inhabit the human. have been listening to The Metaphysical Martini with Ani Avdesian, The Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com.